Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Garland Pepper Presents podcast. Today, my guest is the illustrious, imaginative, creative, out of his fucking mind, Gus Frederick. Richard Douglas, to those of you who at the IRS. Yeah, and the DMV and many other acronyms as well, government and private. You got rid of Richard because it can be contracted to Dick, and he's definitely not one. It's my grandfather's fault. That's what he told my mother when I was three days old. He looks more like a Gus than a Dick. <laughs> True story, according to my mom. So Gus stuck at three days old. That's when your nickname hit. Uh, around there, yeah, I guess so. Oh. Again, it's secondhand knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, stories, but we got to accept them as they come to us because we got nothing else. Right. I mean, there's nobody out there. And Gladys isn't going back in the background and going, well, I don't know, Gus. Uh, I always thought you were a Henry, and we had a big argument, and I called you Henry for three Gladys. years. Gladys Clark? I don't know. I'm just making up oh. a name. Gladys is my name. For, well, my, oh. gra- my grandma was, was Gladys Fox, mm. and uh, she was Nani Mama. But it's a name you don't hear very often, so like if you want to throw out like an archaic name, Gladys is a good one. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, but sometimes like nowadays, you know, happy butt. Happy butt. <laughs> means the same thing. Glad ass, happy butt. Glad ass. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Is is there a date? I bet yeah, you there's a, a brother d- joke. There's a dating. I bet you there's a dating profile. Are you a glad ass? Uh, yeah. Say no more. You know, camera click click. But uh, anyway, it turns out that uh, the uh, Bub Belgian Strong is going to be the stuff of memories, except those that know Dale and is, that are also fellow members of the Foothill Spargers Homebrew Club, because Dale, even though he's not going to be doing it commercially for the masses, he shall be continuing his homebrew endeavor. That is correct. So a little context for you. The Belgian Underground Brewing, in case you haven't listened to the Dale Coleman podcast, has decided to no longer continue business. They've got a few kegs. They're selling out of them. I think they may be down to their last couple. He canned up a bunch, so I bought a couple of six packs. Mm -hmm. So Belgian Underground Brewing is no longer... um, Both parties have decided to move along. They... They're very busy in the rest of their lives. Yeah, well, Sheldon's got two jobs. <laughs> yeah, so that's sad. It was a flavor that a lot of people really loved. And Flavors. They had a multiple they, species. They had several. They had several. Very delicious. And they had a really good story to go with it, because I think one of those sorts of things are really good to have a story, a, a, a trademark brand, and the whole Belgian underground thing, which I'm sure Dale talked about, was uh, the result of his son-in-law's grandfather's experiences in World War II as a member of the literal Belgian underground. So his grandfather was in the Belgian underground. Exactly. So, so what they, is the Belgian underground for people who don't really know? The Belgian underground was the Antifa of the day, fighting the fascist Nazis who invaded and took over their country mm. in the 1940s. Okay. So they were kind of like, a, you know, went around blowing up trains and, you know, engaging the Nazis and whatever mm-hmm. else. Belgian underground type people yeah. would do, like the French Resistance. They were the Belgian analog to the French Resistance. Sure. You can own all the stuff, but what's its value when it's all fucked up? There you go. Go ahead and own it all. That's it. You know, I, was, I remember being in the Philippines and mm. seeing this, this uh, like, it was a 1950s, like, limousine uh, type of Mercedes. 
and he would come down through the barrio every day. And I thought to myself, well, he has all this wealth, but he is surrounded by things that diminish it, that make it of zero value, right? I mean, you can be as wealthy as you want in your little palace and park, but then you step down and so you're, do you you're in the So you he's either it, or is he perhaps just kind of immersing himself in reality to remind him where he could be if it wasn't for his luck? I think he was a lord of land. I think he had a lot of land. And I, and I don't know the guy's story, but all the people... Would, and my, my girlfriend told me his... Like, he's just very rich, right? It was mm. what she said. But um, I, he owned a lot of businesses in town. I think he owned the whole Palenque. So he, like, was super wealthy, but his wealth still left him in a place where his wealth couldn't be truly enjoyed. And I think that's why they want private islands. That, you know, so under is he a, a Morgan wealthy guy or a Carnegie wealthy guy? There's a big difference. There. In the Philippines? Yeah, was he that type? The one of those two type. Like J.P. Morgan was the kind of wealthy that amassed his stuff and put it back into his business and just kept piling it up higher and higher. Right. Carnegie, on the other hand, took his wealth and once he got older, decided to bring it back and started the library mm-hmm. and things of that nature around Carne- Carnegie Mellon. And so he built foundations and trusts exactly. and things around his name mm-hmm. that would perpetuate throughout time, actually. Some so of those was things this are guy, still was, happening. Was, this guy? was he just a. I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know the story. He's probably just amassing wealth for himself, which I felt. And I think that's the whole idea of the story is because if he wasn't, he would have maybe said, you know, I drive down the street every day and I see these people every day. Um, maybe I put in a road for them. And oh, okay. they had open sewers everywhere in this little community. So he's driving through in his perfect little world, kind of, not really, because he's smelling shit the whole time. Right? I mean, so how rich are you really? No, they had no sewer system. No, like filtration system in his car. Oh, he might have. He might have been able to insulate himself. And that's the other thing that's been happening is wealth does give you insulation. I mean, look where we had to go get Bannon. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, out in the middle of the ocean somewhere on a yacht. That's cool, though. Yeah, the, the, the postal police, who knew? You know, mail fraud. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's the, uh, the deal there, yeah. Maybe that's why they were going after the mail so quickly. You know, they're like, oh, they're getting our boy. Uh, getting our boy on mail fraud. I don't think, but I think it's a little bit more uh, deeper than that. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. That's just kind of weird, right? Hey, we're going to get these suckers to help us build a wall. There's a sucker born every minute. Yes, yeah, sir. And they all start to go and build they, the wall. They really do eat their young. What? Uh, what? Huh? They eat their no, young. No, stop. We're don't. not going there. You're not QAnon. No, stop. No, no. I mean, shut metaphorically your face. speaking, of course. Uh, metaphorically speaking, the young being, the gullible, build the wall and we'll help pay for it ourselves. The heck with Mexico. Hell with Mexico. We'll pay for it. Well, you see, the mistake in that clause is that's not theirs. Well, like exactly. none of these are people who are playing at the top of the game and they're pandering to an idealism yeah. and they are finding a sucker well, every minute. Idealism is uh, important, you know. It's like it's a good thing uh, Herman, you know, Herman Cain signed that uh, release in Tulsa, right? It came in really handy. Yeah. We're going to steer away from politics because, you know, like everybody else is talking about that these days. Uh, I'm here today with my good friend. R.D. Gus Frederick, and we have been friends for a long time. My first encounter... Before the beginning, my gum. I believe my first encounter with Gus 
was he was doing some sort of art in a tent in the park, and he was camping there during Homer Day's weekend. So he would camp. He would camp with his art and be security. And uh, I was walking through, and he was working. I God, are fractals that old? Yep. You were working on fractals I at the time. Was doing fractals. I had. Uh... That's thirty years old now. If I printed out these uh, exotic, really kind of images, you know, it'd be cool, self-absorbing and everything. That maybe people would actually want to buy them. They were pretty cool. Yeah, and and these sold one though. (laughs) Yeah, they weren't that cool. So what it was was you were printing these up on a Mac computer, like yeah, you had like this little. Fractal. Oh, you had like this little bitty no, a, uh, 512K Epson. computer. That was, that was, that was uh, one that I ran, or checked out from the library. The Salem Library allowed you to check out a Mac. You know, it was the uh, early one. I think it was the SE. Um, with a, it didn't even have a hard drive. It had two external floppy disks as well as an internal floppy yep. disk. Yep, yep. Then you had to, you know, boot stuff up, blah, blah, blah. You hear so, it, but it definitely had no printing capability. No, the the uh, what I did for the uh, the fractal pictures mm-hmm. is I computer generated them high resolution with my regular wind. It was a Windows early Windows Windows three two you know, DOS. It was actually through DOS. Through DOS, fract, and know, it would take all night to get through. It would sometimes took a week or so to get through like yeah. one full. So I like rendered those twenty four by thirty six. You what were you going twenty four by thirty six? Yeah, it was bigger than that. Oh really? Yeah, um, it would be the the dots per inch is the key. Because it was still coming in chunky, so if you went really big, you could squish it down and it exactly. would look good. Yeah, because they're all raster images, so they got that whole, you know, right pixel thing. And they didn't have raster to vector conversions back then, did they? Well, they did, but they're extremely expensive. Not yeah. I remember the yeah. I remember guys charging like a whole bunch of bucks to get something have converted. Was a place in Salem that would take those files if they were formatted properly, and print them out photographically, which is how I made those things. Ah. I didn't print them out. On, I took them to this place on a floppy disk, mm-hmm. and uh, they printed them out with this photographic process. It was uh, actually pretty high resolution. I remember David it's bought a hot store now that location. <laughs> oh, is that your buddy's old store? Buddy. No, never no, mind. it's not. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, David. David spent a whole lot of money on a raster to vector converter. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, he has some good services. Yeah, he. he really, it's really hard to stay on the edge in oh, that I business know. unless you've got some serious volume contracts. And <laughs> he was always chasing a contract because Salem Blue really owned the town and always will, I think. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. It's it's a good old boy club down there. Yeah, well, well, when they sold out Fox Blue to the other outfit, I went in there like I always did every year with a Homer poster and said, "Can I hang this in the window?" And they said, "No, we're not. We don't allow that. You know, the new owners won't allow any local advertising, and no one will accept their own stuff." But as his name's still year, on there, though, isn't it? Yeah, but every year I go down to Salem Blue and do the same thing. Like, oh yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah. So. Well, it's a community thing, right? Well, it's well, it's a difference. So there is the key. There, there. David of, always let me do it because he was a community thing. Community. David is like that's a definition of yeah, him at exactly. some level. It's a very big part of who he is. Sure. His community. Sure. Yeah, as well as you. Well, there you go. So Gus Gus Frederick actually has the honors of being Silverton's first citizen. 
Well, once upon a time. Yeah, that was some time the ago. The most latest one, you know, different. That was like three. Oh shit. Was that three years, years ago? ago? Was that four years four ago? Years ago. So yeah, we, they they learned the better of their ways, and they yeah. they've never brought him back as first citizen. He's. Yeah. Well, once is enough. So, like, if you're first my, citizen uh, one year, and then, like, the next year somebody else is first my, citizen, my do you go down to two? Vic nominated me and introduced me and del- what is it? delivered me to the stage that night. So I was kind of Vic who? Vic Madge. Victor Madge delivered Victor Madge. you that day, yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with that choice. That's why I went to that ceremony. That was mm-hmm. really cool. It was. It was a great um, honor. Yeah. And I, I, I doubt you're in the same category is most people who receive that no. in, in the sense that you Rick are true to that and he introduced me you are an eccentric he basically human being me as a free thinker which is no big deal i mean people really know me already know that i am a free thinker yeah but he basically <laughs> said that the assembled audience and people were gasping oh my god so what does I, that mean to like you get i mean i've never been charged to think charged yeah well, so a, i've been able to think for free my whole life term. Um, and it relates to the fact that I am a third generation person that was raised without any religion whatsoever. Third generation of that. Third generation. So. On both sides. Two generations ago, somebody, both sides of your family decided, yeah, this mythology doesn't work for us as human beings. We, we like science better. One can only assume why, but that's just a fact. That's all I know. Yeah. I know that when I was growing up, my personal experience was that the house was always filled with lots of books, lots of music. We had a lot of records. Yeah. My parents were into classical as well as jazz. Yeah. We were always, we were members of um, OMSI, the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry. Always took little trips and summer camps and things like that through them. Yes. Uh, Went to the zoo a lot. Always going camping. Yeah. So yeah, we were immersed with, in... Just life, like the natural experience. And so the natural experience is where science derives its information. I mean, it has to look at a natural phenomenon and you can, you know, some of them you have to measure and sometimes sometimes you have to kind of, you know, it's just a bunch of like taxonomy and stuff. But science is what What it is is the definition of nature, Hmm. right? I mean, it essentially defines what nature is well science and art and good art plays with science and actually i think good science has elements of art oh yeah yeah working with you know well just scientists and artists but people that are both well when form and function come together and, Mm -hmm. and so you got the engineers and you've got your artists you know your architects and they come together and they can create something that's phenomenal that's that's something music i mean music yeah it comes across as art but it's highly structural mm-hmm. it's got to be very yeah mathematical. yeah it is very mathematical it's all about you know dissection of a string really if you're yeah. talking about a piano or even a guitar any stringed instruments dissection yeah. of I, string. I, right? i'm a visual person myself and the idea of being able to play an instrument is kind of mind-boggling to me frankly but i just love different types of music and i like to think that i can coordinate music when I'm editing because I consider myself basically a film editor, animator, although I like the term animationist. My friend animationist. Steve McDaniel coined that term. I don't know where he Animationist. Does. Animationist. I like that. So um that that's been kind of fun. Being able to And you'd be a male you'd be a male animationist. There you are. You male animationist you. You, you are a male animationist. Yeah. 
So do they have female animationists? Can you be a female animationist? Absolutely. Yeah, so. Yeah. They actually have an, I think it's the Oregon Association of Animators or something to that effect out of Portland. I have to renew my dues. Kind of hard to go to the meetings. We lost we lost our claymation guy. Oh yeah, Will Benton passed away. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, yeah. he he wasn't only claymation. He did uh, like sponsor he the was, Creative Conference quite a few times. I mean, he, did, he really he did some amazing into, stuff. Uh, computer animation towards you know you got out as computer computer animation came online. He really was getting into that. Quite yeah, I always really loved. I loved the California Raisins. I loved the whole concept. I. I liked that he was about creatives. Like when I went to the creative conference and he was host and, you know, the guy that kind of put it on. Right. Um, you could just tell that he's really, he was really in it for the art. Yeah. And the people he brought on were fascinating people. I mean, just some of the most amazing people. Fascinating, Captain. Yes. yes. Like t- uh, the Michael Curry, he, he was an animator, or not an animator, he is a puppeteer but he's a puppeteer of mass puppets so like if you go to disneyland pretty pretty heavy than like if you go to disneyland most yeah well they're definitely heavier than the one you're going to put on your hand Mm. so if you go to disneyland any of those floats or whatever that have massive puppetry involved Mm. he's involved with um Mm. during the olympics when they had the dragon or not the dragons the um dinosaurs coming in over the uh, Olympic Coliseum in Salt Lake City. Remember that? No, I didn't watch that. Okay, so he had orchestrated this this hmm. thing where these he he just does massive uh, animation of animating of three D three D worlds. Yeah, he was actually very fascinating to listen well, to. There you go. And he comes up from you know a logging environment, hmm. like his his whole experience of learning mechanics was his dad was a heavy equipment repairman in a logging community. There you go. So he understands like dynamics, part, structure. The finer points of uh, jerry-rigging, of course, too. Well, the finer points of art are structure. Yeah. You know how to assemble something so it doesn't collapse, but still looks kind of neat. Yeah. And it's harder, because sometimes things that look neat are off balance. Oh, I know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of figure out a way. Well, it's like the architect who designed the... Uh, Famous Sydney Opera House in Australia. Apparently, that had to be re-engineered because he designed it without total knowledge of how the hell he just oh, just let's spray concrete on it. So they ended up having to buy hire a bunch of extra experts after the fact to uh, literally retrofit and not retrofit because they hadn't built it yet to figure out how to actually build it. Oh, oh yeah. So they had to invent a process on the fly. Yeah, so sometimes the art comes before the... Well, on the fly is not a good idea. But if you throw... If he was to just... If they, if he was honest up front and said, you know, this is straight up conceptual. I don't know how this structurally works. And we're going to need some help to get I to that point. That on paper, he probably wouldn't have sold the project. Immediately assumed that it was straight up conceptual. <laughs> anyway. There right. you go. Right, I would never have considered... Oh, yeah. He's an architect. Uh, it's probably good. Mm-hmm. I'd probably have to. I mean, if it was the, I mean, it is like when you see Sydney. That is that's mm. that's Sydney, right? Yeah. I mean, never been there. It's like it's like Seattle. You're gonna see the Space Needle, mm-hmm. like in the picture. If it's Seattle, it says Seattle. It's gonna have the Space Needle, even though it, you can hardly find it on the skyline anymore. It's yeah. so 
minute comparing to all the rest of the... There we are. Yeah. Fading into the background there. Yeah, it really is. But uh, how about this brew? This I brew's got a new delicious. Batch of brew that I'm starting. It's like uh, my good friends, the Wernets, John and Danette Wernet, um, had some orphan fruit that they allowed me to come out and harvest from their uh, orchard. That's because they were like pickpocketing all the kids and stuff, so he snagged it from them. There you are. Them damn but, orphan uh, fruit. No, I had, I had the uh, golden plums and apples. And of course, apples tend to keep longer unrefrigerated longer than plums, for example. Mm -hmm. So I immediately took the plums and put them into my deep freezer, froze them solid, you know, anticipation of it's when I had the time, which was finally coming up this weekend, to process them. In other words, heat them up, smash them up, blah, 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 get them into a, a puree. A poultice, if you will. Yes, exactly, so that we can make drinkable stuff out of it. In the meantime, Pull that out of the freezer. Put the apples in the freezer. Apples in the freezer. Apples in the freezer. Let them, you know, solidify solid. Well, anyway, I'm gonna, it's going to take a couple of days to completely thaw out those peaches. Mm -hmm. So I won't be able to get to them. You thaw them freezer. in the fridge. It was actually a deep freezer uh, that I got used. Yeah. On certain occasions. Yeah. Um, and it goes down to minus for, uh, seventy. Animal, animal flesh, you know, deer meat and whatnot. Do you have it's room? Because I would like to buy half a freaking beef no this thing is uh it's only a small one yeah. zero degrees fahrenheit zero though just straight handy. straight zero straight zero but not absolute zero no that's way too cool they had this one they had a laboratory quality i think it was like minus 30 or something so yeah still zero. not too what is that 240 or something like that it's really down there it's, yeah, really it's cool. way down there i think it's kelvin something kelvin. i don't know yeah, they have to change minus, the structure. Yeah, it's not even but, they don't uh, even do minus Fahrenheit. But anymore. the nice thing about my freezer is that um, it goes down, goes down to zero, and uh, we all know that water freezes at thirty-two degrees. So um, it's like thirty-two exactly, times colder. But alcohol freezes at minus twenty-eight or so. <gasps> so you can freeze alcohol. So no, I don't freeze alcohol. I make what we call freeze distillation. So I take a stainless steel tub that I have that each one holds. A gallon and a half. I put my goodie in there, let it sit overnight. The next morning, I take the ice and remove it. Yeah, the ice off the top. Ice off the top, and sure. boom, it's like Applejack. Sure. Boom, 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 boom. That's Freeze how I, the yeah. alcohol. There you go. Yeah. Well, the alcohol. You're well. You're at. You're minus like you're a few degrees colder though, so you could freeze the alcohol if you wanted. No. Uh, minus twenty eight. It only goes to nine zero, so we have to go. Oh, okay. I thought you said you had it went to minus thirty. No. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool, though. I mean, so you it just is. pull the water off the top, and that's just, you know, fruit frozen distilled. Yeah, yeah, freeze distillation. And it's, it's kind of, because I've been using it, because uh, I've been kind of getting into the uh, the lost art of distillation of mm -hmm. uh, certain volatiles out of fermented fruit. Mm -hmm. I won't go into particulars, but um, by doing it this way... Do you clear the fruit flavor out, though, when you no, do a freeze no. distillation? You only clear the water out, which is the point of freeze distillation. You don't clear the fruit out. It just becomes thicker. So as it becomes thicker, you know, I've done it on two batches, you know, freeze distillation, you know, the next, you know, take the remainder, do it again, mm -hmm. get the remainder of the water out. Then I take that slurry and I put it into my air still which is the countertop. It's like the Mr. Coffee of home distillation devices. Made in New Zealand. Um, 
it holds a gallon, four liters actually. Uh, so I put the, the goodie in there and turn it on. And What's the goodie? The goodie is the freeze distilled slurry that I had just created from doing this freeze distillation process described mere seconds ago. Okay, so that's that slurry. That, right. Okay. So what happens is that over the course of distillation, which is about three or four hours, it just kind of slowly dribbles out, boom, 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 until I ended up getting about out of a gallon of alcohol at about maybe 25, 20 to 25% ABV, uh, about a fifth, you know, or 750 milliliter, your basic booze bottle quantity. So that's a lot of work to get 750 milliliters of booze. But well, it is, sure. When you can you know, run down own. to the corner liquid drugstore and buy whatever you want, multiples of flavors and proof. True. However, for experimenters and aficionados like myself, yeah. I like to play around with that. So this and is I've the process. Some interesting that just really process. This is where the process comes mm -hmm. in. So what I have, one of the first things I, because the, the 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 unit, it was not complete. I needed other little things to make the unit work properly. I mean, it just dribbles out. You let it dribble out, it's fine. But you don't know what the what the proof is. Well, they got hygrometers. You know what a hygrometer is, correct? Hi, I know what a hydrometer is. Yeah. Well, hygrometer is something that tells you the density of a liquid. Okay. In this case, how much alcohol in relation to water. So it's a gravity is, meter. Yeah, exactly. What, that's what a gravity meter is, slang for hygrometer. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but there's two different types of gravity meters. There's the brewing kind for beer. Yeah. And then there's the distillation kind for spirits. So the one it's I It's kind of like the two types of thermometers, one for candy and one for cooking other things. Yeah, it's a different scale. It's mm -hmm. like the one for the, you know, here is the scale for the one for brewing. And then up here on the scale is the one for distillation, you know, so you, you got to have the proper one. Right. Point being is you got to have a monitoring. So what I do is I, I got this little cool little thing called a parrot, cute little device made out of copper tubing. And you stick it underneath. I had to build a stand for the whole unit. Mm -hmm. Stick it underneath the dribble. It'll dribble through and fill up a column that's just the right size for the hygrometer to float in, right? Oh, and okay. It fills up. And then dribbles out the top into the you know the catch basin. Yeah, and you can monitor it as it's going. So it starts coming out about eighty percent. Uh huh. And so I let it go for a couple hours until it gets down to sixty percent. And you just drain that back into the thing and then and fill yeah. it up again a few yeah. hours. If later. you let it run, it'll just go to zero. I'm just you know it's just evaporating water. If that's sure. <clears throat> but once it gets to sixty, I stop it, and then measure it again, and then it's equaled out. It started out at 80, ended at 60, so now it's 70. Mm -hmm. you know, proof. How, how long does this take? Oh, about three or four hours. Okay. Um, and the, uh, the result is this very high-octane stuff, mm -hmm. which I like to cut with, they recommend cutting it with an equal amount of water. How, how high-octane, 80? Yeah, 70 proof. 70, 80, or 70. Or no, not 70 okay. proof, 70 percent alcohol okay. ABV 70 percent well, that's like 120 proof that's yeah. like really hot it's really hot yeah it's like 140 so what do you cut it with will hoyt mineral water will hoyt mineral water will hoyt mineral will hoyt will hoyt will hoyt mineral water that's incredible it's a county park in clackamas county at this point it used to be a hydropathic resort where people went to go take the water hydropathic hydropathic so um it is still open to the public i go there and take the water myself and the last trip, you know, I got a couple of gallons. 
But what I found is uh, using the Wilhoit water to cut the distillate works really amazing. I yeah, mean, it just adds it's just some got nice a nice mineral flavors, mouthfeel, stuff like that. I should have brought a sample over. Oh, I would love it. Yeah. Um, but uh, so is it. What I do is I let it sit for like six hours in toasted oak chips that I get from the homebrew supply store. Mm -hmm. They're little toasted chips of oak, you know, that were mm -hmm. like. You know, chopped up. Don't try this breads. at home. They really make your toaster burn. Uh, well, I don't toast it. They come pre-toasted. Yeah, don't try it at home. So I let, I let the, the, the stuff sit in that for like maybe eight hours. Put it in the morning. Take it out when I get home from work. <clears throat> then I take that, measure out an equal amount of the Wilhoit water, dump it in, and I've repeated this process three or four times already. Instantly, it turns jet black. Ooh. Oh, really? Jet black. Woo! Would that's weird. So but, is is there carbon on, on the toasted chips, or are they just no, no. kind of lightly brown? There's uh, all kinds of minerals in the Wilhoit water that reacts with the, with the, the, wood. the, the, the wood. And uh, Quisenberry theorized that it's uh, a magnesium compound because mm -hmm. it's black, and magnesium sulfate is one of the components, i.e. Epsom salt of Wilhoit water. But the point being is that... Well, magnesium would explain the beneficial effects of being in the water and even drinking the water. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, um, over three or four days, it all settles out with this nice, cool, amber-colored liquid, and I siphon that off the top. Actually, recently, I got a, a fractional um, distillation. It was, you know, it was kind of like an inverted conical thing with a valve at the bottom. So mm -hmm. I put my stuff in there, and all the solid stuff settles to the bottom, and I just drain it off separate sure and then drain the rest off it after the fact mr science mr science and it's fun man. and stuff it has this really nice um rich almost buttery mouth feel yeah that uh it's it's from the wilhoit water and i use the same wilhoit water so with the uh my brewing as well now do you lose now this started with plums is that correct yeah, that's going to be the next project. The next brew is going to be plum. So this last one started with what? What was its base? What was your alcohol base on that one? The last one was the uh, um, the mango. Oh, the that mango. Is, was this the Wilhite water and the mango that I just tried? I've oh, been using Wilhite water in my all, of my, all of my brews for the last three years. And I could still taste the mango, even after it got to... Mm -hmm. What? I think there's some certain um, seventy proof. I mean, well, the no. mango, the mango stuff was only about maybe comparable to um, wine or something like that, about twelve point. Oh, you never got that that high, and so no. you didn't have to cut it. No. Okay. See, it's a different process. Mm -hmm. The other one was distilled. This is just strictly fermented, mm -hmm. although it was fermented with a high octane yeast, which mm -hmm. is another cool story. High octane yeast. Yeah, it's a. Uh, Called Kavik yeast. It's this Kavik. Norwegian yeast that it's was developed Norwegian. by farmers in the Norway. So how do they like so because of their special temperature or something? They had well, a yeast yeah, that lived there did. that they found. They created over the years. Each farm had its own brewing outfit. They would brew their own farm for themselves and for the farmhands and whatnot. Because back in the day, drinking beer was healthier. Than drinking clear water. Yeah. For many reasons. Um, so anyway, they developed over the course of time ways. Because your cows were on the same water. Retaining the yeasts, they kept the yeasts. They so they literally bred yeasts that could tolerate higher temperatures for fermenting. And they yeasted bread. And uh, well, they used the yeast. Sometimes they even used bread 
as a precursor to the beer, where they oh, bake sure. the bread and then just throw it in and ferment that, because oh. it had the yeast already in it. Sure. Wow. Yeah. So I've been using this. It's been really quite the thing that's been popular in the homebrew circles. And the one that I've been using is from Omega uh, Yeasts, and it's uh, the Horendal. Horendal. Kavik yeast. And the nice thing about the Horendal Kavik yeast is that it can uh, stand temperatures up to 100 degrees Fahrenheit, which is really godly hot for regular yeast. Brewers' yeah. yeast is like. Well, how long are their summer days? 96. What's that? Their summer days are long, so their yeasts have to have been it able to ferment quicker. That. It'll ferment quicker. Um, so what I've been doing is, uh, plus the the Horendal nice summer kimchi, the Horendal will um, tolerate uh, up to sixteen percent ABV, which is uh, much higher than normal. Most of them is ten, eleven max. Right. AD alcohol by volume ABV uh, alcohol by volume. It can tolerate more. Yes, and still so, be kicking. Exactly. Still be rocking mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So it's consuming all those little sugars and sugars available. And in my case, I supplement the sugars that are available. Are different with sugars honey, available with different honeys. in heat? Like when it gets really hot, are there different sugars that are available than um, there are when it's cooler? Yes and no. It and depends do they on consume what you're doing. In the case of me, the different sugars are honey. Mm. So I've been experimenting with different types of honey. So you just add honey in when you need a little extra sugar in there. No, I had honey. You in. always start honey. I always add honey into it after the second day That's of fermentation. That's your malt. Your malt. Honey is your malt. It's a melamel. That's what the bottle says. Mayan mango melamel. A melamel is a type of mead that is fermented with fruit. So that's your lesson for the day, kids. Here we go, ladies melamel. and gentlemen. Melamels and Gus is melamel. a master of the melamel. I just tasted his. Um, Mango. Mayan mango. Mayan mango melamel. And it was magnificent. Thank you. Magnificent Mayan mango melamo. Melamo. 12 nice. bottles left. I got a couple of big ones. Party. Got a couple party bottles if we ever have parties again. Oh, you do? Like some old. Uh, what I did was I, I bottled up those little ones. I filled bottles. up all the little ones. Yeah. And the champagne bottles I had had the big cap size. So are too. they, are they that out. powerful that they need like a. Well, they're, they're a, a bottle strong condition. bottle. They are you know bottle how so they do bottle. need a strong bottle. Yes, yes, otherwise they might blow up. And these ones are perfect. Those little ones, they're like little hand grenades, man. They're just stout. Then I had a, one big one. Then I had a couple of... Uh, Don't take them to a protest. Were, uh, Trader, Trader Joe's ginger beer green bottles with a little flip top porcelain and wire tops. You know, I like those too. I got yeah, a you do those bunch old of them. like uh, what was that beer? They used to come Grolsch used to come Grolsch. in those. Yeah, yeah do they still have Grolsch? I don't even know. I the brand is gone, but the bottles are very prolific. You can get those anywhere nowadays. Oh, you, know, you can many many different. In fact, Lori from uh, um, we should corner the market and just buy them all, like a like an Amazon yeah. warehouse. Just get all the. Well, Lori Rodriguez at uh, Creekside was saving all these vodka bottles that came like that. They're yeah. really nice. And they're neat bottles, but they, you know, I couldn't get the damn labels off. The labels oh. are just, I mean, you get them off and leave this residue and it just, ew, it wasn't, nothing need, So what I ended up using solvent. No, I, I, no, it didn't work. It was, a wa- I, I, it was a waste of time because my regular, my current cheap scotch lauders that I get, yeah. just soak it in water, hot water about, Boom. you know, an hour and then it just scrapes right off. I love there it. There you go. Um, but uh, I digress. I use those... Um, Vodka bottles, however, for retrieving 
um, Wilhoit one. So just go up to Wilhoit, cart down a case of empty bottles, and one by one, fill them up. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah, take them back. So Use them as needed. You're in outer space. You like <clears throat> you like Mars, and you've done Mars. some interesting studies. You've got three studies. in route to Mars now. You've got three droids in route to Mars. There are three droids. You have three droids? Oh, wait. No, no, I don't. Uh, wait, NASA has what? One. You've been not telling me this. <clears throat> NASA has one. Mm -hmm. United Arab Emirates has one. Mm -hmm. And um, who's the other one? China has one. China. Well, where's Bezos? I thought he was going to get one. Bezos. No, you're thinking of Musk. He's the one that's going to Mars. Bezos is going to the moon. Oh, he is? Yeah, he's got the inflatable. You know, that's Bigelow. And do a dirigible. Yeah, no, he's uh, uh, thinking of um, dirigible. Bigelow, Bigelow and his inflatable habitats. And that's a different one. Different. Oh, manner. and you, well, you've done a lot of habitat work um, for. Tweaks in the can at Mars Desert Research Station. Mars. NDRS. Yeah. Well, that was an experience. Yeah. I made a movie of it. Oh, they did? It. No, I did. Oh, you did? Yeah, I documented the whole thing. You know, Steve Bannon made a movie of the reason He was one of the reasons the thing, you know, screwed up because he didn't take into account the... Uh, oh, he was part of your project? Hell no. Oh, no, he was part of the Biodome. Biodome, yeah. I mean, he just documented it, though, didn't he? I mean, he just did well, a movie. I think he was in an advisory role because he was... He just had money, money, and money. He yeah. throw it around and yeah. hurry, hurry, rush up. Uh, oh, we forgot to see that curing concrete actually absorbs oxygen. So that's why the people are getting testy and they're getting short of breath. <laughs> really? So that was happening? That's like people were just getting like, so how, how old was the concrete? Five years old? Oh, geez. Yeah. So it was just sucking it was up like, oxygen. You know, maybe six or seven months after they poured the shit. Did they all have mercury <clears throat> poisoning too? I no. mean, yeah. I no, mean, they didn't have mercury. It was just that, um, you know, all the plants weren't producing enough oxygen, so they ended up having to pump it in from outside, which kind of, you know... Defeated the whole concept. <laughs> the whole concept. The whole concept is the plants are supposed to supply the oxygen. The whole, yeah. The poo is supposed to provide the fertilizer. The plants are supposed to grow, provide more oxygen, and then they're supposed to be able to eat the food and... Yeah. And drink the water after it's gone through the plants. Yeah, the whole thing was a bio... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've never been there. I always like to go there and check it out. I would, too. I think it would be interesting as hell. Yeah. yeah I really do. But uh, the Mars one was a trip. It was... Uh, so you went... Organized. Where did you go? You went out to Utah or something? Utah. It was, you know, Hanksville, Utah. Hanksville? Hanksville. Uh, just south of uh, the Escalante. The only city in America named after Hank. Hank. Had a lot of dinosaur bones there. It was, in fact, a little lock shop. Had like a mini museum. It was like damn femur from a brontosaurus in there. It must have been like you know five feet long. How much was that? On the ground. And they were going to sell it. No, he wasn't selling it. He just had it in his little private collection. Come back and pay a nickel and see this collector type of thing. You know? Oh, that kind of thing. Yeah. Is yeah. out by Duchesne? No, it was in Hanksville. Yeah, but how far is Hanksville from Duchesne? That's that's dinosaur oh, country. I, yeah. Well, this was. That whole area is dinosaur country. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, okay. Northeast. Are you familiar with Goblin State Park? No. That's where they filmed uh, um, that, uh, you know, um, what is it? Uh, Jurassic Park? No, oh, no. Uh, what is it? The Tim Allen movie with uh, the space of Star Trek, Galaxy Quest. They filmed part of Galaxy Quest. There. 
Goblin State Park. Uh, it's about 50 miles north of Hanksville. And Gal, and I think that's about, oh, it's, it's down by the bottom part of the, the state, you know, southern part, down towards Colorado. Oh, it is. I mean, uh, down towards Arizona. Hanksville. Hanksville. Yeah, you know, I, I lived there. I lived in Utah for some oh, time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know Hanksville. But uh, Hanksville and this Utah, or this place where we were at was uh, approximately due east of um, Zion. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in that whole area. Yeah, southeast there. So, and in you guys just sat area. in like a, you were in like a pod? No, they had this little habitat set up that was built. And then uh, we were in there, and then we went out, we, you know, did a little put on the spacesuit and, you know, go through the decompression thing and then wander around outside with the, the mock spacesuits on, which is kind of a trip. And then we, you know, do little different things. And we had a uh, kind of a unique crew of different people. Yeah. The, have you seen the um, Space Force? The TV I have seen Space Force. Did it's you hilarious. you the one where they had the, the Lunar Lab sim? Where he was on the on the simulation, uh-huh. and they're in the can for yeah. time, and they had the artist that did the sculpture and logic. That oh was kind of like what it was. It's kind of felt like you know, that. Was, yeah. I, I'm going to, I can relate to shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was like, we had an artist there. It was, and me, I was the commander. The XO was this journalist who absolutely ended up being an asshole. Oh. Um, a scientist from um, European Space Agency. Really? Yeah, lives in Germany, but he's a Brit. Um couple of grad students in engineering, one from Venezuela and another one from, I think where she was from, I want to say Illinois, probably Illinois, um, and um, me. Well, it sounds like one of those wife-swapping episodes where they take people from all these different cultures and they just flip them. Because like you're just in here all of a sudden with all these different people, you don't know anybody, yeah. and it's kind of a cultural... Well, yeah, kind of so like we like a there. week where you all have to figure we, each other yeah, out, we had to set up the, rules. Uh, the previous crew, and then we had to pass it off to the next crew. And mm-hmm. Had a little thing, you know. I'll give you the video. Is there a lot of formality to make it kind of flow, so you don't have? Oh yeah, too much had, other you know, stuff going on. In the, you know, because we had people that volunteered to be mission control, mm. and sometimes they're out there on homes, you know, in different areas around the country, mm-hmm. and they just email us stuff and we'd email them back and that was kind of like the Mission Control wasn't even there. Yeah. Yes, well I guess that would make sense. Mission Control's never there, are they? Well they are if they wanted to. Yeah. But uh, hold that hold that thought. Let me grab that other can. Should probably get another can. There's one more can. Oh yeah. This thing keeps dropping out here. Keep dropping out. Oh did you hear that? That sounded delicious. Sounded like all the deliciousness in one yes. can. And this is the uh, Belgian Underground. We're probably drinking this the is last. Dale. We're drinking the last can from... Uh, Part of my private reserve. Good old Dale was the... Uh, Gus's private reserve. Yep, he gave this over to Gus. Um, no, he sold it to me. Sold, ah! sold it to Dale's me. Dale's ma didn't raise no idiot. Mm-mm. Dale's going to pull a few bucks to get her dead. But he will get her dead. Oh, yeah. that is delicious. Isn't it? Oh, that is such a good beer. Yeah. It's too bad it'll be gone. But you know, there's a lot of good beers out there. Well, the thing is, is that it really won't be gone. It'll be gone for the masses, but for those that are hip to the scene and join the Foothill Spargers Homebrew Club, mm. located in Silicon, Oregon, they can continue to persevere. 
So if you join the Spargers, you can drink beer. Yeah, our monthly meetings when we have them. Wait. And assuming that we will again, is that uh, all the members would bring samples of their various and sundry brews, myself included. So you have to make your own beer. Well, that's the idea. Oh, you have to make your own beer. You can be a member, you can be an associate member. And just show up and say, oh, I just want to taste it to see if I really want to get into it or not. That'd be me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a non-committer yeah. to clubs. Well, that's what I like about Spargers so much. Because I'm the same way. I don't like clubs per se. But this particular one, I can relate to the guys. Because it's like this You whole, are enamored with the whole process like of distilling and club. brewing. Yes, it club. is. And the, the right product up your alley. is something that you can consume. Super up your alley. You feel good and tender and moist inside. So this is like your favorite thing right now. It is. Brewing. It is. Yeah. I live to brew. But but you do a lot of things. I mean, if we just I do a lot stayed with brewing, we'd be missing a whole lot. So you did the Mars thing. Um, and we talked about the fractals. And you are a media kind of guy. I mean, you, you are a historian. You actually wrote the silver. You put together the Silverton book within the format of well, that of that. Yeah, well, of that you know, I wrote it because I had a lot of dialogue and it was basically a picture book. But yes, the Arcadia Images of America series. Arcadia Silverton Oregon. Images of America and Gus yeah. wrote the Silverton Oregon one. That's right, I did. Yeah. Hey, have you listened to Finn John's um, I haven't had a offbeat Oregon history? Oh, yeah. I've heard a number of those. Yeah. Aren't those amazing? Yeah, Finn's great. I like him in person, too. I like him in all ways. He's always been fun they had, um, to be around. A number of different, like, uh, the history pubs and whatnot. You know, he did, I went to a couple of those of his. And he, had, he used to do them in the basement of the, in fact, he, he's the one that turned me on to it. And the Jack London Bar. The oh, yeah. The old yeah, the Jack London Bar in the old yeah. basement of the Rialto in Portland, Oregon. Portland. I did a couple of talks in there, and he did a was couple of talks. Was it on 6th Street? It on 6th, yeah, I think. Stuff. Yeah, it was on 6th. Mm-hmm. He had a lady that actually uh, ran that um, and now runs a, a tavern with her husband in Astoria called the Maritime Tavern. Yeah. So I'm going to plan on them. that because we're uh, going to go visit Astoria over Labor Day, stay at the Atomic Motel. Yeah. Always wanted to do. The Atomic Hotel. The Atomic Motel. Is that downtown? It is. Is it a uh, multi-story? It's like one of those typical Hotel 8 type of things, only oh. retrofitted with 1950s kitsch look and feel. Atomic. Atomic. Um, so. What was that movie that was all about the Atomic? Atomic Cafe? Oh, my God. I got that. That's the, amount of, the amount of part kitsch. Part of my propaganda. The amount of kitsch in oh, that movie. That who movie. who did so set design good. on that movie? That movie was brilliant. Well, it's all recycled footage. A lot of it government, you know, reclassified. Right, but like they had hairdos stuff. that looked like nuclear bombs and stuff. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and just the whole, the, the way everything looked was amazing. That's, that's yep. a really well done show. Yep. Yes, indeed. No, I, <clears throat> I'm kind of, a, I like atomic porn. I've got a number of... DVDs of uh, bomb blasts and nuclear tests and stuff. You like it? I like watching it, yeah. I like to watch. It's like pretty amazing. Johnson. That bomb that went off in what, where was that? Uh, Iran? Lebanon. Beirut. Lebanon, yeah. Beirut, Lebanon. Just last, oh my God. Yeah, that was just not even a nuke. That wasn't that even was, a nuke. Yeah, that was, um, 
fertilizer. Just the way it sucks all the moisture out of the air and you watch it do it. Boom. And then you it's watch crazy. it. You're watching it from like 10 miles away and, and some guy's videotaping it in a car and you see it and you see it and then you see it kind of still moving and all of a sudden the car goes bam see that's the advantage of living in the technical vastness of the future that we do is that everyone on their dog has a fucking phone with a camera in it and so you're getting all this stuff you're getting you know fertilizer explosions live you're getting you know peaceful protesters shot you know by yeah. teenagers you're getting all that stuff instantaneous. It's happening right now. Right. Hot There's... now. And it, but also, it gives people a false perception that, oh my God. The whole world's falling apart. Right. What am I going to do? There's people in America be right afraid. now. You that, better that be afraid. Think that no. Portland is just a hellhole uh, and it's like horrible to be in. And I haven't seen better traffic in years, for one. Well, that's because they're all scared to go. Well, so they're leaving. Yeah, get out of Portland. Yeah, we got our ways. Yep, but uh, that's the way it is. But the brew, man. Yeah, I like the brew. And this, uh, you know, I'm, I just, I'm finishing up right now. I just racked it off, and it's pretty much clear. This is another little byproduct of using this Wilhoit water mixed with honey. You really I love the Wilhoit water. I love that Do you make water. beer with it too? Oh, you can. Yeah. It doesn't turn black? No. You don't put uh, the oak in? It, uh, it, it, it precipitates. It makes stuff precipitate out, i.e. becoming clearer. My latest batch was uh, a blueberry melomel made with blueberry honey. So, from... Have you researched the effect of um, magnesium and alcohol? Like, how do they react and what's their... So, magnesium... No, why would I do that? I just... My... Research involves tasting. If it tastes good, good. Okay. I, I seriously doubt. But it'd be it. nice you know, to it'd be nice to know how, how what's happening and why it works because it does mm-hmm. taste amazing. It's very clean and clear and well, delicious. Uh, what it's doing is it's making certain things precipitate out, enhancing other things. But what those things are, I don't care. It's. I thought magic. you were a scientist. It's no. Magic. Oh my God, he's going Never to magic. magic he's going to magic. He's a scientist. Ladies and gentlemen, stop listening to him. He's I'm gone over to the magic side. I'm a Brewster. He's a I'm magician. A uh, ladies and gentlemen, one thin dime, one tenth of a dollar. If you've ever, if you've ever watched Penn and Teller, you will know that behind every great magic trick, there is a lot of science. There is. Mm-hmm. But uh, as to what the properties of Wilhoid water are exactly, I don't know. I know the contents because they've nailed that down. It'd be interesting Wilhoid, to Wilhoid see what, what those do Wikipedia with alcohol. Page. It has its own Wikipedia page. I don't think it does much. You know, I, <clears> I think, that think what that's where Finn John's it, from. I think it provides extra nutrients to the yeast during fermentation. Where is Wilhoid? It's about um, 10 miles northeast of Scott's Mills. Okay. On back roads. You have to find it. Well, it's on the map. It's on the map. It's on the map. If you have a Jeepus, you can, you know... The Jeepus. <laughs> Jeepus, creepers, where we want to go with the papers. Yeah, my Jeepus died. i got to get a new one. Or use my old one. Yeah, I should get a Jeep with a Jeepus and then go to Wilhoit. There you are. Well, you got a telecommunicator. Your communicator has a Jeepus built in, doesn't it? It does. So there you go. But I don't have a Jeep. I have like a sedan. Well, that'll work. Sedan? 
It's paved all the way up there. Oh, good. You just have to walk down to the springs. There's actually two springs there. There's a um, higher content. So do I have to wear shoes? Thing. You're saying I have to wear shoes? Um, no. I mean, those, you know. Optional. You, you know, the lawyers in St. Louis, they weren't wearing shoes, you know. Lawyers you know, in St. Louis, they weren't wearing shoes. What does that they're even mean? They're the ones mean? with the guns, you know, pointing at the protesters. Yeah. Sorry to keep dragging that back, but I can't help it. In St. Louis? Oh, those lawyers. Oh, those, those, lawyers. those creepy people. <laughs> Did you hear about the beehive incident? Jesus, what a work. No. They had a whole research. They, anyway, I'm not going to go there. You can look it up yourself. Do your research, as they say in the Tea Party areas. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take a small break, and we'll be back. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here today with Gus Frederick, one of my most favorite people. I've known him longer than most other people that I've known, and I probably know a lot of the people I know because of Gus. And I'm here with uh, my good friend Gary Fox, who I have known more decades than I care to admit. That's because we're old motherfuckers. Ditto. All right, we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Don't leave. I mean, you will die if you leave. America's going to die if you leave. Yeah. Yeah, okay, whatever. I want you to be so afraid of missing the Garland Pepper show. This is Bill Murray. That's the whole convention these days. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Garland Pepper Presents podcast. I am having a blast doing this. I'm having so much fun. Tonight I got to hang out with my good friend, Richard Douglas Gus Frederick, and we just had a great time talking about a lot of things. Gus is currently into distilling and beer, and that was the major point of the things we talked about. Of course, we talked about the other many other things that make the patchwork of brilliance that is Gus Frederick. So yeah, enjoy. We're back, cats and kittens. This is the Gary and Gaster. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Garland Pepper. <laughs> that is correct. Garland will fucking fire me if you call this the Gary Fox show. He will fire me. He will. And this is it. I mean, he doesn't pay me. I haven't been paid yet, and I'm doing all of his marketing. I'm hip. I'm doing all of his booking. And the booking's turning out to be harder than I thought. Sometimes it's hard to get people on. Booking. Oh, booking. I get it. Oh, yeah. Tiddly, tiddly. Booking. There you go. So we're back with Gus Frederick here on the Garden Pepper Presents podcast. And I am actually contractually obligated to say that this is the Garland Pepper Presents podcast. Okay? Okay. All right, then. Don't be a hard guy, guys. Hard guy. I mean, things get scary when Garland Pepper's involved, you know? You just don't want to fuck with them. But uh, I'll tell you what, you know, brewing. Yeah. Speaking so you, brewing. yeah, we were, so Gus is... Waxing eloquent about brewing. So we took a little break, we got back, and then, then it just kind of occurred to me that Gus is very like my brother, and you all who've been around people who are interesting and and who are very interested in life and do many many things have people like this around you who get very 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 deeply into something and when they are into something that something is fascinating and amazing fascinating captain 
That is correct, sir. Yep. And uh, the brewing and experimenting with various and sundry fermenting liquids, their interaction amongst themselves as well as other things such as Wilhoid water. Wilhoid water. Oh, yeah. That's a... Uh, Wilhoid Bubbles water. up from the center of the earth. Well, not quite the center. It does. Not near the center. Actually, the crust. So, oh, it's really far down. So how far no. down does this go? Is it further down? Is it a deeper well than most? It's not a well. It just kind of it's a springs spring. up. It's a spring. Where's the lake that it <clears throat> comes from? It doesn't come from a lake. It's, it comes from Ooh. an underground aquifer. Aquifer. That is running through certain chemical deposits that impart this natural effervescence to it. When you're first popping in, it, it you know, bring it out of the out of the water, out of the well there. For example, if you take a glass to Wilhoit Springs and just fill it up and look at it, it's like a little carbonated seltzer water. Wilhoit Springs. Yeah, they used to sell it in Portland. They would bottle it up. They had a bottling plant there. See, do you think Nestle's going to try to get there now? What's that? What would happen if Nestle tried to get there? Well, we're not going to talk about that's bad karma, dude. Don't even mention Nestle in conjunction with Wilwick. That's yeah. That's bad form. So basically, bad, what we're saying is that motherfucker dog. would get fucked up. Yeah. Well, anyway, the point being is that as long as I'm probably screwing it up right now by revealing it, you know who gave me this idea? Mm. Your earlier guest, Finn John. Finn John mm. wrote the weird Oregon tale. About, entry about as well water. as the Wikipedia page. So there's a there's a and he put in there that he what he would do he get water and he says oh it's perfect for brewing IPAs it's just got the right you know so he has a podcast on that on the Will Hoyt thing oh well he's got a the Wikipedia entry was written by him <laughs> on Will Hoyt Springs check it out dude oh that's really cool yeah anyway he gave me the idea <clears throat> so I went there and. Initially, I did brew a batch with just nothing but Wilhoit water, and it was kind of funky. But then I got into using it to, to um, prepare the honey, because uh, doing the melomels, you want to you don't want to have pure honey. Pure honey will not ferment, which is why honey stores for a while. You know, you got to dilute it. For regular meads, you would dilute it two to one or two to three parts. So diluting water. it. Breaks it up so then it will ferment. It's like you're putting the little sugar things away, away from, from one each another, other. so the yeast so their structure the hole and start eating them. So their very structure yeah. itself holds them together in such a way exactly. that they're impervious to outside stuff. That's why you can get long molecular chains. What's what's the oldest honey in the world? How old is the oldest honey? Oldest honey. Yeah, like has been found and is still like no other real stuff is in it other than honey. I don't know. I don't know either. Would it be a rock? Like, if... um, well, they they've they've had. <clears throat> uh, I, I read this book where these guys had taken the dregs from old barrels and vases and stuff from like the, you know, three hundred years or you know three thousand years, three thousand years BC, and they analyzed the the dregs, if you will, and. From that, they figured out it's got this, this, and this, so it was probably made from this, this, and this, so they kind of came up with some kind of formula. Whether or not it's exact or not, who knows? So it's just dust? To, it's know, not even honey anymore? Yeah. Exactly. So Well, no, the, the honey doesn't stay. There is something about honey's ability to stay impervious to... Well, as long as you don't 
get it in contact then with it turns air. into crystalline that's the cure they, when it turn, comes in contact with air what makes honey into crystals like in your well, when you buy sugar. honey the sugar is starting so if you to just keep it if you just keep it long enough it's going to turn into honey is there any way to uh, to crystals is there any way to keep that from happening yeah freeze it or just freeze it yeah freeze it cuz it's crystallizing cuz it'll crystallize faster if it's warm you ever grow crystals? That was another one of these things is us nerdy freethinker kids did. Nerd, free I had, I had kids. these crystal growing kids, you know, growing. Yeah, I remember oh, those. Yeah. Rock candy was one of the, probably the most obvious ones. Get them in boys' candy. life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Crystals make those little uh-huh. pet or whatever. And, uh, they were really but, yeah. flimsy crystals. They oh, grew really fast and they were like dust almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember those things. Yeah, I got they one of those cool. kids. I want to do a time lapse with my GoPro. It's one of those, you know. Oh, you drop have one? The, drop the liquid, the little green and red and mm-hmm. whatever tablets, and they grow stalactites. And so what would be the op- optimum frame, per frame? Like, I guess the idea would be, how long does it take it to grow? And if you could do the optimum frame per second, or even frame per minute. You just got to do the math. That's what structure to, yeah, to, to fit that so that it grew in a nice, Plus what's nice in a nice book. way, in a way that you could actually see every movement. That'd be, without it being too yeah. boring well, or too fast. Well, you figure second is it doesn't look like on this frame. You know, you're going to have compressed, let's say, eight hours to grow the damn things. Right. Then you want to figure out, well, how long do I want the clip to be? If you want yeah. it to be one minute long, that's going to be different if it's going to be two minutes long. Yep. Or if the clip's going to be 30 seconds long. Yep. And then you figure that in, you know, divide, multiply, blah, 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 do the math, you know, 30 frames a second, how many seconds, you know, or yeah. and 60 seconds in a minute. Yeah. You know, so that's, you know, 300, or I mean, 30 times 60. Boom. Do you get that? Hey, who's do, who's got the calculator out there? That's why I have a calculator, because I let the silicon do the menial work, and I can save my gray matter for more yeah. important shit like... Yep. Burning off with rum or coming up with new exotic ideas. Yeah. So there you go. But yeah. So uh, you're <clears throat> working. Do you have to go into work now? It looks like you're dressed oh, yeah. up. Yeah. You got my ID here. Yeah. How how isolated are you there? Oh, we're pretty isolated. Yeah. Hey, we have to wear masks inside now. Yeah. As of you know, two weeks ago. But that's got to be just. Kit. That's got to be annoying. After a while, or do you just kind of settle into it? You know, actually, a lot of people were doing that prior to this, you know, and um, it's hard, right? Working all day with a mask, though. Well, we don't have to wear them when we're sitting at our workstation. It's like the equivalent of going into the restaurant. And your workstations are far enough away from each other, so they did the distancing thing. Put the mask on to run to the break room. Put the mask on. So, why don't you have the full setup that you have at work? At home, do you really need to interact with other people? That's a good um, question. In other words, why don't I work from home? Yeah. Um, Everything the, you do is digital. You are like the guy who should be working from home. That I could work from home if I wanted to. Oh. But I don't want to work. You don't from want home. to. Well, your carbon footprint is going up, then, isn't it? Well, what can I say? I, I'm sorry, but You're that's selfish. the way it is. Um, the point being is that uh, ecologically shaming me into admitting <laughs> that I like to go to work, I kind of like it. Yeah. Uh, especially lately, now I, I can park right in front. Like, yeah, I get there, yeah. 
hardly anyone there. Yeah, you don't have all that is, other bullshit. Everyone else is working from home. Yeah, and, and I, so it I is. Could work from yeah, but you could. Realistically speaking, however, the phone. <laughs> You'd rather not. Uh, well, it's yeah. not just that. The phone is ringing. Oh, it's for you. Hello. Hello. No, it's. Wait, you you got to pick it up first. Is that you? Hello. Hello. Hey, somebody get the phone, would you? Gus, would you get the phone? Got one right here. Oh, thank God. There anyway. it is. No. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is, is an that... actual landline, and the only thing that comes in are prescriptions. Mm, I got an actual landline, but I can't hear them. We should just It'll give them a other number and get rid of the phone, right? But see, here's the deal. Here's the deal. At work, I have the entire Adobe Master Suite on a computer, a relatively mm. new computer. Mm hmm. That is not compatible with my Adobe Master Suite at my home, which mm. is on an older system and an older computer. See, it shouldn't be a problem for them Plus, to set you up at home as if you were at work. It's not a matter of being a problem. They've already agreed to do that. Mm. In you fact, don't want I have, to. I don't want you want to get out of your house. I don't want to. You want to get out of your house for some time. It's just yeah. a, a habit I got into. I like going to the office. I like that. I guess it's maybe, you know, inherited from my old man, you know. Yeah. It's like the, you know, eight to five, mm -hmm. Monday through Friday kind of gig, you know. COVID was the first time I got to work for, from home, and I actually found myself to be more productive than I had been in a while at work in terms mm -hmm. of creative production of digital material mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, courses and coursework. And I was very excited and having a really enjoyable time. Um, just really expanding my mm -hmm. my kind of world working from home without all the distractions from work. Um, and, and I felt it kind of like, it was almost like very relaxing. I like, I was relaxed enough to get deeper into the work I wanted to do. And, and so I fell in love with it and I started producing some really good work. Hmm. And then the fucking thing happened but I was also at the very same time kind of having some 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 issues with my boss. He's just kind of him and I weren't seeing eye to eye, and mm. and so it was an opportune time for that to be at the highlight because you know a week later it comes down the line. Hey, everybody, pick somebody, and well, I'm on the top of the list because I've been stirring up his game. Bye bye. Yeah, bye bye now. Yeah. Bye bye. Well, I'm very fortunate. Bye bye now. Oh, I love you. After a whole, oh man, after a, a whole career of various sundry positions, the one that I'm in now is just kind of like the dream position. It's a yeah, great position. I great was there. I thought I was for. there. I might find something else that's yeah, dreamy. Well, uh, there you go. So you are, you are actually a, you design media for the fire. State Fire Marshal. State Fire Marshal. The Oregon Office of State Fire Marshal. Oregon Office of State Fire Marshal. Division of the Oregon State Police. Division of the Oregon State Police. There you are. So, Fire Marshal and State Police, they are in arbiters of justice in fire and wherever else. They decided to put all of the public safety organizations under one roof, as it were. The State Police. State Police and Fire they're together. both, they're like together? Yeah. Like who runs... State police. State police runs everything. Right. 
But it's pretty... You've been working from state police since you were in your 20s. I worked for the state police initially for five years back in the uh, uh, mid-1990s to 1991 or so for five years. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it was an interesting vibe. I worked in the training division doing kind of what I'm doing now, only with 1985 technology. Um, it was kind of neat because I learned on the way. I convinced them to go to desktop publishing for their monthly newsletter. Mm-hmm. You know, we did a lot of video stuff mm-hmm. and um, left them go to the private sector. Mm-hmm. So I was in the private sector for five years, Associated Oregon Industry, which is an interesting experience because I was working with my old man. He worked there. He's a lobbyist there for 27 years before he retired. AOI is Associated AOI. Oregon Industries. It's a AOI, uh, very uh, uh, capitalistic oh, quite the, uh, organization. Um, and you were was, working uh, as a liberal for them. No, I was working as a graphic artist and director of information systems for them. Um, <laughs> but you were also a liberal. Well, How did at you that time, so? many of the people there were as well, including my dad. Once they retired, he retired, and that was about the time when the whole societal shift started with the Newt Gingriches of the world and whatnot. Oh, that's right. There were mm-hmm. like liberal capitalists. I mean, you think of Deb Potts. He was he was definitely think a, of Mark a capitalist. Hatfield. Mark Hatfield. Think of Tom McCall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think of my dad. Yeah. He was a Republican. Mm-hmm. So, point being, um, when um, Chuck White from the Silver Falls School District showed up and was asking information on what kind of person they should hire for a, you know, help them enter Silverton School District entered the uh, internet age. They came to me and asked me, "Who? What kind of qualifications would a person have need to do this?" And mm-hmm. I think it was kind of a sneaky trick on his part. But I said, "You know, I'd like to do that myself." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I applied for the position. Yeah, Silver Falls got, School District. Yeah, so it was and actually so, a pay cut. Took a pay cut and went to work for the uh, education to get out of AOI. You were just kind of done with it. Yeah. Well, because this is, you know, a year before that, back up, <clears throat> was the um, the great Abaqua Falls controversy. Remember that one? They logged Abaqua Falls? Yeah, yeah, we fought Friends it. Of Abaqua, we yeah, fought it. so... I was on the front page of the Statesman Journal in the clear cut. I remember Ooh. that. I think, Ooh, I think Tammy with... with guy... Tammy with Alex on her back in a backpack was part of that picture. Yeah, well, this one was just me. No, we took pictures of that. That oh, We have a picture of that somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, no, that, I don't think I was in Statesman. So, remember, and then Yossi got involved in that. Yeah, he was a lawyer. Yeah, so we had, they were, so what was happening, it was called the Goober Grabber. Yeah, yeah. Um, I the know Goober, all about it. Because anyway. Well, they I, don't. We're talking to these guys. Oh, they don't. Oh, the Goober Grabber. And they called it the Goober Grabber. And I asked the guy, Christensen, who worked for the Oregon State Forest, why do you call it that? They named it after those two crip, uh, creeks that ran through the Goober and the Grabber Creek. Because they said, quote, if we named it the Abaqua Falls Sale, it would have attracted too much attention. Well, guess what? It didn't <laughs> slip past Mr. Gus Frederick. It and wasn't me, dude. It was, uh, it was, a, it was other a, people informed me of it. It was a lot of us that got involved. Exactly. And I remember we went down there. We did some documentation. Um, we had, like, I think you had, like, a big old video camera at the time. And then you had your camera. And we took a bunch of pictures of the Abaqua Falls. We took pictures um, 
of the area where the cut was going to happen, we ended up getting just like a 200-foot riparian zone yeah. at least, which wasn't common at the time. You know, this is right post um, uh, Spotted Owl. Yep. And anyway. So the they used to go right is, down to the uh, edge of the creeks back I then. I ended up getting a nasty letter in the mail from one Robbie Ferris, mm. who runs Ferris Timber. Yeah, he didn't like you. Lions. And he says, well, even if, you know, if your dad is blah, 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 but I think you should resign your position at AOI because you're treachery of supporting, the, you know, fuck you, Robbie. So I wrote him a letter back and basically said fuck right. you. But I right. Know he was, was, yeah, he was from the Timber, what do they call those guys? Yeah. They're on 25th and... Uh, Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Mission, uh, yeah. So I, I basically said, you know, I'll resign when my boss tells me to resign. And he tried to put me on as a special... He was getting heat, too. Because uh, he's trying to put me on... You know, took me to lunch at, uh, at the Wooden Nickel one time. You know, he Buttrick. did? He took yeah, you? Yeah, Rich, Rich... Him and Buttrick did? Yeah. 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 Buttrick... No, not him and Buttrick. Buttrick himself. Oh, took just, me to, just to the Nickel? Yeah, okay. Yeah, and so we're... Yeah, so, he, so he's offering to uh, allow him to be... The, to, be remain employed there, but as a contractor instead of having the position as a director of information systems. Yeah, what would you be? Just like some guy getting money? Exactly. And I just basically said no. I'm, you know, dude, I'm like, I'm just I would have been like, you know, Buttrick. Yeah, because every money, all the money you would have given me, you wouldn't have been given to the fucking lottery machines anyway, and to the fucking whiskey bars. Point being, um, I got this offer from the Silver Falls School District, and I jumped and took it. It yeah. was there for a year and a half until I went to open. Yeah. Oregon Public Education Network. Yeah. Where I was there for eight years until we lost our funding. And uh, that was a fun gig, though. Yeah. Oregon Public. It was like building the... Open. Open. Yeah. Oregon Public Education Network. So you built... Like, you were part of the building of the first Oregon Public Education Network. So What that was was the content for the network. We didn't build the network. Oh, you didn't make content. You we were doing, yeah. Stories, educational, educational materials yeah. for, you know, teachers. Yeah. Our, our audience was uh, Oregon's K-12 education community. Yeah. You know, different resources, online resources, existing ones, because um, they had the Oregon And School you took care of the education. technical side of that. No, I took care of the, uh, the visual content and side. the content side. So you're out there with a video I camera. tried to avoid technical shit as much as possible. So you were out there with a video no, camera? No, or video camera. It's all computer. You know, or, or programming stuff, you know. HTML, writing stories? HTML primarily. Mm -hmm. Doing web designing, coding, things like that. Setting it up so it looks nice. Yeah. And, and works well and the, and the story's told. Exactly. That's or, the whole thing about good web design. Well, for example, every year the Department of Education would revise the Oregon Education Standards. One of our most popular features was our red letter edition of the Oregon Educational Standards, where we got those files and put them online, and the teachers could look through because it's always like, what the, what the heck did they change this year? Well, we would put it in red. Boom. This is new. You know, Oregon school standards. Reading. They have to read X amount, blah, blah, blah. Only now the legislator said you got to read X more of this, blah, blah, blah. So that will be in red. Got it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's... That was one of our more popular things. The other one was our uh, 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 citation uh, creator. 
it's kind of a thing, you know, how do you cite material? You know, if you're doing a scientific paper, for right, example, you want right. to have references. Is there a way you know, of searching that automatically? Yeah, and, uh, well, this is a little wizard, if you will. You type in the title of the book, who the author was, who the publisher was, blah, blah, blah. And then it pops it out as a standard citation. Mm. So you just copy and paste it, put it into your Word doc. So if you cite somebody, you can just yeah, throw that in there? exactly. Yeah. But a lot of that stuff became obsolete. And uh, we lost That's the funding. Thing. You know, everything just kind of keeps going on. self-unemployed for like four years. Self-unemployed for four years? Yeah, self-employed, self-unemployed, depending on the month. Was it that many years? It was that many years. So that was when you were doing the NASA stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you were doing... Um, exotic, cool shit. You know, I went to uh, the Mars Hab. That was during the You're time. doing the Mars Hab testing. In fact, that was... So right you actually had Mars four Hab, years of exploration. The, the Mars Hab was a very initial thing because they had contacted me. Hey, Mars Habitation. So here's what Gus did. He created some sort of little Mars Habitation thing wherein you would have plants growing on one side. There would be a, a sluice... Wherein the this is that was much later microbiology much and the plants would grow out of that and then the water would go back down to create oxygen and there would be mice yeah Martian mice Martian that mice was, that was actually much later it was based um, on lava tubes yeah it was uh, based on lava tubes based in lava tubes in lava tubes but the earlier discussed Mars habitat adventure took place right after the I Mars habitat adventure. In Utah. Remember Hanksville? Hanksville, Utah. We discussed that earlier. We did. In part one, we discovered Hanksville, Utah. In the southeast corner of Utah, you'll find a little town called Hanksville. And out there, it looks like outer space. So they were in a pod, and they lived in a pod for... Two weeks. Two weeks. And there were people from all over, so there was this alienation. It was almost as if, like, everybody came from everywhere else. Because they did. True. Almost but, exactly if. Yeah. But uh, they had asked me before if I wanted to Almost be a 100% exactly yeah. if. And they said, I can't, I get a job. And then all of a sudden, yeah, get out of here. We don't need you no more. Blah, blah, blah. Well, it was one of those deals that I can kind of, uh, we lost our funding and they're going to be either absorbed into Lynn Benton Lincoln. Didn't you have a NASA ESD. girlfriend during that time? No. Um, that was much later. Oh. But, um, Anyway, they, uh, they laid me off, and uh, I said, I can do the Mars hat. So I called them back and said, let me do it. Sign me up. And you, so I you wrote a grant? Because I was, you know, I, I kind of got up on the food chain in the Mars Society for a while. Mars Society. They gave me the commandership of the crew number 23. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sitting here with the commander of the Mars Society. Mars Society, Mars Desert Research Station, crew 23. Crew 23. That's right. Commander, right fucking here. <coughs> my goddamn living room. Yep. It's a goddamn We have cool. the proof and everything. <laughs> the aliens are here among us. <laughs> oh, you're the best. Oh, shit. I just remember <laughs> Fireside Theater and when the quota travel. You do. You have, like, how many times have you watched Fireside Theater? Or were they just coming into you at the point where your mind Dude, was in this records. place where it you was plastic? Them. You listened to Fireside My mind's not plastic anymore. They did. I forget what I did films, yesterday. But primarily they're known for their vinyl 33 and a third RPM 
phonograph records. So you listen to them? I listen to them. The first one I listened to... Where? Up in your... You were up in the attic, right? Up in the attic? No, I was in the basement. You were in the basement. You are the basement kid. Yeah. My brother was up there. Were there were so many of them, and they just lived all over this yeah. big old house. So right. you're the basement kid. I was the basement kid. I hear the basement is the most fantabulous because it's... I got to build my own room when we moved in there. 1972. Yeah, sure. Um, build like your a, room, kid. It was like... Make it like you want it. empty... Basement. Big so empty built basement. Built in a wall. Built uh-huh. in a projection. You framed booth. in a wall. Framed in a wall. Built yeah. in a projection. How old are you? Um, Seventeen. Seventeen. You framed in a wall. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, on the other side of the wall, I, the far end of the wall, I put in a uh, painted the screen on the wall. So I made a mini theater. So, so your store. bedroom always had a theater. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's I had the a projection best. Projection booth and everything. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So you, I always thought you moved to Silverton much earlier. You moved to Silverton seventeen. I was moved to Silverton in my kicking and screaming in my senior year. <gasps> That's when I moved to Utah. It's yeah. weird moving into a town your senior year. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knows everybody, and everything's already a done yeah. deal. And you're just a fucking odd bird. And you're already was, an odd bird. Yeah, I know. Were you an odd bird in uh, Hillsboro yeah, or Beaverton? Beavers, uh, Beaverton. Beaverton, yeah. The only difference between Beaverton and Silverton is the first three letters. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, BDA versus SIO. Yeah. Think about it. Uh, uh, Beaverton. Uh, Beaverton. Beaverton does not have an identity. Beaverton was a Portland metro area, and even in 1972, it was very big and hoity toity and kind of upper class suburban white bread type shit, right? Uh, and I. I had to apply to be on the school newspaper in my senior year. So I did, you know, and I got recommendations from previous, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of this big thing to be nominated for the, the Beaverton School newspaper, Beaverton High School newspaper. So I got on it. I was really overjoyed. Yeah. Well, then all of a sudden my parents said, no, we're moving to Silverton. Damn it. Damn it. So we moved to Silverton, and then I start, you know, I go in there and inquire about the newspaper. Oh, please, be! we need people to be on the newspaper. So, but it was kind of neat because... Um, oh, so Silverton, they were like, oh, we need nerds. We need nerds. Yeah. That was good. I, and- I got to tell you, folks, right now, in my very living room, I'm sipping rum with Gus Frederick, but I will tell you... I'm sipping rum with Gary Fox, he's, and he will tell you. He's <laughs> he's he's got two pins in his pocket and his mask with the only one. This one's a stylus. Oh, one's a stylus. He has a stylus and a pin in his pocket, and he is wearing um, readers, oh, yeah. right? Deepak Chopra readers, like they're sexy. No, actually, I believe they got like leopard stripes on them. I believe they were Dollar Tree. <laughs> they got readers. leopard stripes, Gus. <laughs> <laughs> you are a badass motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. So, if there was ever, like, okay, Bill Gates has got to be, like, Nerdist Maximus uh, of the herd of us. He's, like, the guy at the top of the food chain in nerdism. Yeah. At I mean, now. But I heard that he infused all those bats with... 5G chemtrail induced virus. is real. Blood well, for you know, babies. Now, you know. May 
makes me P's healthy. P's and Q is real. Listen up. P's Listen to your P's and Q's. P's and Q's. What is so, the, what is the P and the P's and so Q's? Got, What's that got, mean? P's and Q's. You would be in, if anybody I knew knew the etymology of P's and Q's, you would. I do. Okay, please. Pints do. and quarts. Pints and quarts. Mind your pints and quarts. Mind your pints and quarts. Oh, it's exactly. A, well, so anyway. Cheers to that, then. Yeah, let's clink. Yeah. yeah there you oh, go. Clink, clink, another Double clink, and I hit the old thing. Um, Q anon is yeah. soon to become P anom. Anomalous. It's going to be my next anomalous. Oh. Anomalous. You saw my videos. Anomalous. Yeah, do less destruction. I mean,. Do less destruction. Have you seen my anomalous? I have. It's too. Grrr. You grrr. just got. You can start it with it to get the idea, but you can come back to if you want. If you're really gonna say a lot of things, it can't be non-listenable. I I think you have to listen to it with good speakers. That's probably the problem. Maybe that's it. I'm listening to it on my phone. Yeah. Maybe you have well, to consider. Maybe you have to I consider listen to it, people listening to know, it on their phone. I know exactly. You're you're right because uh, other people have said the same thing. I can't. And I listen to it on my. State of the art studio mm -hmm. speakers, and this sounds it wild. sounds amazing. It's a it 3D, 3D god of the universe yeah. coming over you, going, I am brought against that. No, why, why, you know, because that's what I'm hearing is, what I just took the left track and raised the pitch, took the right track and lowered the pitch, and then mixed it back what to the and then back to stereo, yeah, so it had that kind of thing. So, but I gotta experiment. I have teeth problems. I felt like it process. exacerbated my teeth problems. Exactly. It like vibrated my jawbones at such to a, a level. Have you ever listened to a real anomalous video? Uh, I have, like for seconds. And there's a reason that exactly. people only listen to them for seconds. Like, <laughs> that's, you know what? Here's here's the way you come in with an anomalous video if you really want to get like like traction. You go anomalous. Hey, this is Bob, and we're down here at the uh, riots, and people are like really like angry at each other. Like the police are like not happy with everything, and like. These other people, like, they're so mad. Like, what? Because somebody got shot or something? Oh, my God. Like, why are they so mad about that? Like, he's dead. Yeah, I know. He won't ever come back. Yeah, I know. Yeah, his family's really sad. Yeah, I know. Yeah, America's, like, really, like, shooting a lot of these people. Yeah, I know. But, like, why are they so mad? I don't even understand why they're so mad. Maybe I should go shoot some of them. It's because I'm from this state, and I'm going to go 20 miles and go shoot them. I mean, that's just kind of the fucking place where we're at right now. That reminds me, I got video of you when we did our Illich Vidiot program remember that you still have village idiot village village video oh look at that we played on things this is how high we used to be we're like oh that'll be brilliant we'll call it the village idiot i have it you have some i they're on super 8 dvd oh you are not dvd but those those tapes those super 8 tapes oh those fall apart i know they do fall apart more than they said they would so you got to get them down to digital I know, i got to get a bunch of them. Those are not as bad as my... Hey, did uh, your 78s live through the flood? Some of them. I yeah. lost a few. So, uh, Gus lives on Silver Street in, in Silverton. Actually, <laughs> and I bought it, the house after the flood because uh, Cindy Vickery was there and freaked out and moved back to Fresno, making the house available, so I bought it. Oh, he bought a, he bought a flood property. Wait! There was another flood after that, though. 
There was a, uh, my basement got damp, and so I did have some issues with. So what happened to yeah. all that cardboard? Because they're all packed in cardboard. All those 78 records are packed in cardboard. They were up high. The, uh, mo- a lot of the 78s, the down low ones got, you know. Do you have like a dryer down there, like a heater? So it's cool down there. No, I don't. I had a gas furnace, um, and it died, and I decided, fuck those petrochemical people. I'm not going to support them. What so do you I have now? I have electrical, which is geothermal, geothermal. or no, actually it's a hydroelectric you're buying and wind. High, so you're you're paying extra for the wind and and bingo. Yeah, and and high high water mark. Exactly. Yeah, electricity. And my house is um, very well insulated. Vickery's insulated the heck out of it before they moved out. And Gus, um, you have a lot of work to do on your house. Tell me about it. Yeah, you really do. I know. Yeah, you need to focus on that. Well, at least start with the roof. Start with the roof. Yeah, start with the roof. Always start with the roof. Always start with the roof. Yeah, because yeah, because any problems, any problems you have that have moved up through the house will show themselves in the roof for at the end, and you want to get them there, but they will tell you the tells about the rest of the house and the and the rest of the house. You need to cut away all. Vegetation away from your house. You've got way too much moisture staying at your house. Yep, you live too close to the creek for that, and I do too. I have the same thing. It's so nice to have just lush vegetation next to your house, but you got to cut it away. Um, well, it's a fire hazard. Too. It is a fire hazard, and as we get drier, I'm going to slowly continue yeah. to kind of build a barrier. And if it comes down to just fucking being barren, I guess that's what we do to be safe because there are there's a lot of fuel around us. Fuel around us. There's a lot of fuel around us, yeah. and if it gets really dry and well, hot, the PSA we're videos fine. I made for work, in fact, was my own backyard trimming the blackberries, mm-hmm. which are no longer there. You might notice. I didn't. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah. But you know, if you'd have kept that, if you'd have kept that row of, I don't know if they died or what, but that. Everybody. Yeah, um, it would it would have reduced your blackberry problem because they really do know, shade it, better. It en- enhanced the blackberry problem. Those trees were just kind of. We had a big ice storm a couple uh, many years ago, and they just filled up with ice and they just tipped over like this, like mm. flowers opening. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and, and then the they died. Blackbirds just yeah, and then they died. Then they went Blackbirds right just kind of grew up around that right. crap. Well, that's because you were like, "Fuck it, everything's fucked," and you didn't do anything for a while, right? Well, I don't care. I've got all that stuff. You've got like so many projects. I mean, I look at you and I look at people like Eric Coleman. And I, I just look at these magnificent people who just like have these magnificent minds that are so engaged in like the things that they're into that life cannot be kept up. Like you cannot keep up a, a normal, like regular household. You would have to hire a houseboy to keep up your household. You would have to hire like a guy who like organized cat. you. Yeah, That's you have funny. a cat. Your cat doesn't do anything for you. No, he does. He loves you. She loves me. She loves you. She loves me. Yeah, it's nice. There you go. It's nice to have, like, when you go home. Mm Mm-hmm. It's weird coming into an empty house. Well, she runs and greets me at the door. (gasps) She's so happy to see you, right? She was raised with dogs. That's why I got the cat, too. Oh, she was perfect for you. You are a beagle if ever there was one. Cat, Jen's cat, and she had... Oh, she was raised with... Pit bulls. Exactly. Pit bull singular. And then You're not Jen a pit got bull. the second pit bull. Anything, you'd be a beagle with glasses. 
was a little too friendly and the cat had issues. And what do you mean a little too friendly? What's that mean? The, hey, let's play. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the cat's the cat, like, no, uh, yeah, 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 no, no, there, no, 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 no. You're right. too much into my space, bro. Exactly. Chill well, out. the other dog was also chill out kind of person, Athena. Uh-huh. So anyway, the cat ended up with me, long story short. And I like the cat, you know. Yeah. Cat sounds cat. like it. Sounds like it, it really keeps you company. But she's got a lot company. of dog-like attributes. Kind of like my other cat, Willow. Yeah. Who was raised by my dog Moby. So this cat actually greets you. It's like, hey, buddy. Yeah, really. For what she does is she yeah. rolls over on her back and says, rub my belly. You know, because that's like the yeah. big myth. Cats do not like to have their bellies rubbed. Those. That's true. Not this cat. This cat's a dog. Not this cat. Exactly. This cat's a dog. She just rolls over. Do it. Yeah. Man. If yeah. I didn't sneeze when I rub that cat's well, belly, that, I, I would to totally dig so that because I love cats. I really do, but. When you get allergic to cats, it becomes a whole weird thing, right? She is very, I'm not allergic, but very furry and shedding all the time. So when you become allergic to cats, like all of their beautiful characteristics, you can't experience, right? You can't feel their fur. You can't, you know, like have them rub up against you. Well, you, you can't, a, you uh, can't feel their, you can't hear their fur. cat, like my friends the Witties did. Yeah, that so. doesn't have any of the cat qualities I want, except for they maybe like a purr. Do they even purr? Yeah, they do. They look like aliens. You know? Yeah, no, I don't want that shit. Yeah, scare that. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. I don't. I don't want one of them goddamn things in my house. Yeah. No way. Get it the fuck out. I like dogs. I am a dog man. I love my old girl Emma. She's dogs a good girl. Um, I loved all my dogs. I just dogs, love dogs are much more high maintenance than cats. True. Much but cats more. are assholes. Not cats all will. My cat is not an asshole. You know I, that's true. Actually, the only my asshole cat cats I've ever had in my life happened later in my in my cat world, and I started mm-hmm. become immune. Uh, uh, um, I think it maybe it happened more as I became like animals are personalities. You know, there's asshole cats. Dogs, we had a weird cat ass, that just know, nice like cats dog would mm-hmm. walk around the middle of the night and knock over shit. Right. What the fuck's that about? Gravity. They like gravity. I'm going to prove it though. In the middle of the night, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and there's just shit falling in my house. It's like it makes you into this, it puts you into this like paranoid state. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, is there a criminal in my house? Do I got to go out? I'm in my underwear. I'm, I'm really, fuck, am I even awake right now? Do I, do I have to there shoot somebody? Go. But I, I'm probably not going to shoot anybody. You're not an armed guard. Could be. Who knows? Who? Ooh, there you are. I like that. Yeah. Best answer. Yeah. Could be. Who knows? Concealed. Not even concealed. Uh, if if I got a weapon, you'll be seeing it when it's necessary. You ain't got that shotgun over the fire. If I got a weapon, you'll be seeing it when it's gear necessary and not a minute before. That too. <laughs> Mostly them and not many of us. So what's it going to take for love to become the scientific understanding that it is? That when people operate in loving, compassionate, and cooperative ways, they can get a whole lot more done. Well, it's quite simple. Number one, unlimited material resources. Number two, less people. And number three, more connectivity. It's it's kind of like a triangle of... Base. So let's say say that again. Say that. Say that one more time. 
Say that one say more that, time. Say that six more times. Say that six more six times. Six more times. Yeah. Um, like a mantra. A mantra. Like mantra. So it's a three-legged stool, and it consists stool. of three parts. And one part is... I forgot already. There you go. Um, we have been drinking, by the way. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> What were the three parts, Gus? You know. Well, I'm glad this sounds like one of your things. Because you got it. Um, if you could play it back, I would know. Really? Oh, say, you have the same thing I do. So I do this. I will say something that I recognize as truth. Mm-hmm. And I will forget its truth like a it's river. It's almost as if you're channeling it from another space. Da, da, da. You know, he did go on the Mars Project. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, and he was going to What was the subject? What was the subject line? Jesus Christ, are we that fucked up? We are. Like, I guess we are. They are. Yeah. So, so uh, during break, we smoked a little legal America, um, uh, marijuana in Oregon. And uh, we had already finished a drink and a half. And we are now sipping rum. It's Dale's fault with that golden straw. Golden straw is golden just a little evil. And maybe a little bit of on your side anyway, because I didn't have any. I gave it all to you. Mm. My Mayan mango melon. You did have a taste. It is a small glass. It is a small glass. Six ounce bottles. Yeah. From the Silver Grill. Yeah. And they cost $72 each. That's an amazing price. And you're getting the price point on Amazon, which is amazing. It didn't cost me diddly, because I got them for free. $72 a bottle on Amazon. They are delicious. You are friends. We like Americans. We do like Americans. We do. And America gave me the ability to be the best person I could be. And even though I don't care, and neither do you, be best. Let me confuse the message even more by saying be love and be hope while simultaneously being not any of those things. Thank you. And vote for light bulbs that don't eat as much energy as the other light bulbs. And you can do that with your dollar. LEDs are the ways of the future. You know, Gus could limit his carbon footprint by working from home two days a week at least. But I didn't want to, Daddy. I didn't want to talk. Gus, America needs you to work from home two days a week. Nope. I got a letter that says, I'm an essential employee. I got a t-shirt that I says I am so friggin' essential employee. Super fucking essential. That I have to yeah. come in and work. Super fucking essential. Yes, sir, Super fragile stick. Mr. Media yeah. Man. You see my for video the state of, uh, fire stick. Search on YouTube for essential voter. That'll have me with my essential employee. Essential voter with the essential employee. It was vote by mail, Oregon style. Although I nixed the mail vote and opted by instead mail. 
to deposit style. my Vote ballot by mail. in the oh, Marion County Election Mailbox. Drop it in the box. Drop it in the box. Drop it in the box. Vote by mail. Organ style. Vote by mail. Organ style. Oh, oh. That's right. So was this just the funnest evening? It was. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to thank you for showing up for the Garland Pepper Presents podcast. I do love that you're following me and my friends through our world and our journeys and our conversations. And I would like to thank my good friend, Gus Frederick. And if any of you could exist, like just message in and talk about the stuff we've been talking about and yeah. say, hey, that said something to me. That would say something to me about go. what we are doing. And I know this is the end of a two-hour podcast, so if you say something, then I will know you are a true blue motherfucker. And I want to just have you come in as that. And say, hey, by the end of your like, if you just tell me something, you say, yeah, and I'm a true blue motherfucker, I will listen to you because your opinion fucking matters, right? And just to remind you, liberaluniversity.org liberaluniversity.org marsunderground.org 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 liberaluniversity.org we got a lot of ORGs got a lot of ORGs liberaluniversity dot org dot org dot org are we clear? clear um oh shit uh no 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 I think oh shit um don't put water on that. I think it's a tribble. What's that? It's a tribble. A tribble? Yeah, there's one right next to you. Don't put water on it. Don't put water on it. Yeah, don't put water on the tribble, dude. It fucking makes them multiply. Wait, is that tribbles or is that the fucking... No, it's that's a gremlin. Gremlins. It's a gremlins? Don't wake them after midnight. and Whatever you do, don't give them water after midnight. That's gremlins. That's gremlins. What's tribbles? Tribbles don't, are the things... Don't masturbate them. Uh, uh, Tritidicale grain storage on Starbase 6. Yeah. That were put there by... But they multiply if you... Exactly. If you do what? They multiply by eating the fucking grain. And the Klingons started poisoning the grain, and the Tribbles started dying. And that was the only reason that they discovered that the Tribbles were actually not a threat, but a benefit. They were not a trouble. Because they revealed there was no the trouble. Klingon plot to kill off the... Um, it was a Klingon plot to kill... It was a, 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 literally, it was a Klingon plot to kill off the Tribbles. Yeah, it was kind of <gasps> like that is so evil. See, I am so not a Star Trek Trekkie. I'm not a Trekkie. But I appreciate so many people who are that I feel well, like I... Social consequences because they're the whole premise of this was that they were bringing the grain to a colony that was in disputed territory. It's kind of like this Russian communist Cold War thing, right? And uh, so the colony that had the most productive, you know, 
resources won or whatever. And uh, the grain was poisoned by the Klingons so that the colony would not be productive. Those fucking Klingons. Who got into the grain by mistake. Mm, mistake. Started eating it and then died and revealing the fact that they were poisoned therein. Revealing the Klingon agent. The Klingons blah, blah, were blah, blah. there. So the fact that the Tribbles died revealed that the Klingons were there. That's right. So sad. Thank you, Klingons. I mean, Nate, uh, thank you, Tribbles. There you are. I said Klingons. Yeah. That was wrong. Nobody help. thanks a, a Klingon. Who, I mean, if you think a Klingon, would they even give a shit? They wouldn't yeah, give a shit. A, a comb works really well with Klingons. They just comb them right out. What? Oh, the, the Tribbles? Your hair. Oh yeah, we called them bodaggets. No, not clean. Not those. Not to get in your hair there. Yeah, you ever have a dog that had long hair? All right. Moby the Wonder Dog. Moby the Wonder Dog had long hair.